Hi there, my name is Cole, and welcome to uh, Tell Me About Your Elf. This is a show in which I interview players about their uh, role-playing game, tabletop uh, characters that they've made. Uh, it's not entirely lim limited to Dungeons & Dragons, but I'm, you know, that's just the, kind of the one I'm starting with. Uh, today's guest is my brother from my godmother, Cody. Uh, Cody, tell me about your elf. So... Uh, as you know, I'm Cody, and <laughs> this is very nerve-wracking when you're the guest. <laughs> yeah, you're on the hot seat, bud. Yeah, so um, I'm going to give some background information first. Uh, I'm new to D&D. &D. Okay. Uh, I would say new to role-playing in general. Yeah, so uh, this is... Uh, you yours truly that... got me into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, uh, Cody is one of the first people that I asked to be part of a campaign that I started writing. So this would be his first, uh, you would say your first foray into role-playing games? This would be my first stab at it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> would you like me to kind of guide you a little bit, or do you want to just kind of jump into it? No, I think I got this. So I was searching okay. around, because uh, we, we did our character bios a while ago, and we you know we picked our traits and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. I also wrote up a little biography for my character a while ago, and I was flipping okay. through pages trying to find it. I found it. Uh, so I'm just going to, I'm basically just going to read it verbatim. Uh, here, uh, here, I'm, I'll actually, I, what is their name? Uh, what's your, oh what's yeah, your... my character's name, it's Yolan, but his friends call him Yolan the Boom Mauser. <laughs> okay, so his name is, his last name isn't Mauser, his nickname, his name is Yolan, nickname the Boom Mauser, or is it Yolan oh, sorry, sorry. the it's... Boom Mauser? Yes, it's like that. Yolan the Boom, and his last name is Mauser. Okay. What uh? What class is he? He is a ranger. Okay. He's uh, a half elf, half human. Uh, okay. Wood elf specifically. Nice. And what is his background? So, he's if you from... remember this. <laughs> oh, is this an, uh, is this like a question that has his, an answer? His his specific background, not necessarily his background story. Oh. Okay. Okay. I actually don't remember. <laughs> I think uh, I kind of helped make this character, but, you know, just to bring y'all behind the curtain a little bit, uh, I do believe it was Sage. Uh, he yeah, yeah. He, alchemical, okay. he was an alchemical scribe. That's true. Uh, with a Sage background. But now, if you got his little backstory, then go for it. So, Yolan is from a small to medium-sized town called Hearthridge. Mm -hmm. uh, if you happen to read the Pendragon series, which I highly suggest, um, it's similar to the scenario in the very first book of the series about a land called Dindurin, uh, which this town is like a relatively small town. They do lots of very uh, laborious things to keep the town going, like say chop trees down, actually like build things like cabins and everything like that they probably mine some kind of raw resource something very labor intensive you're not really developing a huge city like that right it's just kind of stagnant mm -hmm. um and but that town is also adjacent to this other part of the area which does drive some kind of growth because it's a very academic area there's a big college there if you will so that's basically Hearthridge. It kind of is separate between the very laborious type of people who live and, you know, mine the natural resources, and then you have, like, this big academy here. I okay. believe it's actually called the Academy. So far, that's what we've been calling it. They sell shoes. No. <laughs> oh. Uh, 
This town they're, is... They're the lead in sports uh, adventuring <laughs> and, uh, yeah, tennis shoes. Uh, guided by the goddess Nike. Um, <laughs> you can go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, for what I actually wrote, it's the town is composed of farmers, smiths, traveling merchants, fur trappers, and seasonal rangers. It's also conjoined uh, with a high wood elf community uh, based on a mage academy. Uh, the elves are somewhat of a elitist and scholarly compared to this, you know, nearby town. Also, I mean, when I say nearby, they're literally like right next to each other. You walk from one to the other. Mm. Uh, so there's also a small dwarven, dwarven mining community nearby. So it's like the next town over. Mm. Uh, so my character was able to study despite being a half-elf, which, you know, they kind of look down on the half-elves in this in this biography, the you had to be full wood-elf, right, to be admitted into the academy. It's basically how it was. Uh, oh, but despite being okay. a half-elf, he was able to study and assist a professor. Uh, despite not being enrolled, he was able to, he was basically the scribe. He would help set up the experiments, and he would write down the outcomes or results and stuff like that. Um now, because of this, he was gaining some insight on some stuff that maybe he shouldn't have been able to. So he found out they were paying local townspeople to mine lead really cheaply, and many of the scholars were practicing transmutation of lead into an unstable form of gold. Okay. So uh, I hear you flipping pages, but <laughs> so how did that go? So this unstable gold... They're trying. They obviously want it to be stable. They're, that's what they're trying to do in their studies, but they can't quite get that. So what they do instead is they take the unstable gold. It's radioactive. It's got a half life of a couple days, which it turns into mercury after that. Mm-hmm. So then my character kind of finds out a little bit more. He realizes that the scholars are trading out this false gold. Uh. Okay, that sentence doesn't even make any sense. But uh, these characters are basically trading with the local dwarven community because dwarves like their precious metals. Uh, They're trading this bad gold for other valuables that the dwarves will trade them. Um, And the dwarves, they like to stockpile their gold in this town. So they throw it in with all their other gold, which is in their mines close to where their living quarters are and stuff like that. So they don't really realize what's going on, but a lot of the dwarves are getting sick. Mm-hmm. They're they're not feeling so well, blah blah blah. And my character makes the connects the dots and realizes it's because of this false gold that's transforming into mercury. Okay. Um, so basically my character then calls calls out the professor kind of like the professor who's in the head of all this, doing all mm-hmm. this, running it. The dean. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then he gets blackballed from the, the scholarly community. Um, and then Yolan wants to warn the dwarves, but he knew that this could cause a feud uh, between the high elf community and the dwarves. And then the high elf community, since they provide a lot of the, the services for this local, for the local people of Hearthridge mm-hmm. who do all the... Uh, raw resource mining and all that and they basically survive this town would just be like a seasonal camping spot for lots of travelers if it wasn't for the academy that's you know keeping this town 
having a purpose basically Mm -hmm. so he figured it could it could backfire on that town and the the high elves would actually just simply pay off the common folks to go basically serve in the skirmish against the dwarves so it wouldn't affect the high elves at all Mm -hmm. um so my character left decided to become a ranger and just go about going from place to place and because of this instance he developed a distaste for elves high elves specifically Mm -hmm. and he's kind of wary of scholars and mages but he still likes to practice it and study it himself uh but one last little goodbye note they left (laughs) he caused a collapse of the section of the mind hiding the dwarven gold so that the dwarves would hopefully you know build up some new mines somewhere else, leave, and stop being so sickly without having to, uh, I guess, burst this bubble. Call out the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's that's pretty much his backstory. All right. Yeah, I remember when you brought this backstory to me. I've, I remember being very impressed. I, I And just, like, not that I was sitting there going, like, ah, he can't write nothing, but just remembering just, like, how in-depth it was and how very little pushing I did, essentially. Um, but yeah, no, Yolan has proven to be a pretty interesting character so far. Uh, I mean, just with me offhandedly knowing him, of course, just through the campaign and such, but, uh, let's see. I've got a few questions here. We can keep going from there. Um, have you thought of what he looks like? I'm, I'm assuming he, of course, but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, physical appearances, I have kind of thought of it, and this is kind of a long stretch, but do you remember watching Avatar The Last Airbender? Yeah. I feel like his name was Jay, but I'm not sure. But it's the guy that they kind of met, I don't know how late it was into the series, but Katara kind of had a crush on him, and he was acting like he was the rebel against the Fire Nation, but he was like willing to like sacrifice the the local tribe people basically you remember him with the bow and arrow and stuff and he had I this think, little I goofy think his clan was his jet maybe yeah it was jet it was jet mm. i'm kind of imagining someone like him so i'm actually imagining gray hair kind of longish because he's a ringed a range er <laughs> yeah um you know kind of like dressed in green and brown mm-hmm. blending in with the forest okay. doing various hunting and tasks to get by and yeah moving so he's from town to town so he is a half elf. Does he show his elvish characteristics, or does he look more human? Um, I would say up close. I mean, you couldn't really. I mean, up close, you could easily tell these like definitely like half elf, mm-hmm. mainly from the ears. But you know, from far away, he he kind of looks human. He doesn't really necessarily try and hide it, but he doesn't like try and show it off either. He's mm-hmm. here nor there. Okay. Um, I would say his features are most predominantly in the elven ears. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would come through. Uh, Let's see. Are they a morning person? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I guess if you got to get up early in the morning to, you know, take a map of the early area. Early bird gets like to warm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Are they afraid of anything? He doesn't like the undead particularly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe you had chosen that as your favorite enemy. Yes, yeah. Uh, He likes to fight them because Mm. they creep him out. It's kind of like spiders. Like, 
if you don't like spiders, you may like to kill them. <laughs> yeah, just like one less in the world, I guess. But I am doing the world good. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of how he feels about fighting the undead. Do you have? Does he have a reason for um, not liking the undead, or is it just kind of a? I think he's just more of a. He's very down to earth and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he grew up in that small town, uh, pretty much, and the only the only perspective he had of anything outside of that town was through the academy. So I would say he's pretty down to earth. So things that's like the undead just seem kind of unnatural to him, mm. and that's why. Okay. Yeah, I I would think that would make sense. Um, is he particularly devout? Uh, I would say not, just because of the, uh, I I guess just because of the way his upbringing was and how he was. I don't want to say he was discriminated against. He wasn't like super discriminated against, but mm. there was definitely that feeling of like the high elves are like better for some reason, and it's something that he just couldn't comprehend. So he's just like. He, uh, I would say he's not very devout, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not much opportunity in that town for heavily devout people either. They were mainly just go to work, go home, yeah. go to bed, you know. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned as he was growing up, what was his childhood like? Well, I would say since he lived under the roof in the common folk area, Mm-hmm. He did grow up doing various things, harvesting natural resources. Maybe he was, you know, chopping wood in the lumber mill, you know, most days of the week. And then maybe when he got a little bit older, maybe he did do a little bit of mining himself. Mm-hmm. But he was always trying to find some way to get to get into the academy. I think it was mostly just out of curiosity. He just wanted to get in there. And then mm-hmm. also because people may have said, you know, you can't really, this isn't your area. That I think that kind of drove him more. Okay, so he's definitely a hard work. He was a hardworking lad. Then you would yeah. describe him. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. And I don't was think he... he necessarily uh wanted or like he necessarily wasn't like uh, oh I'm gonna go outdoors and practice making a fire because I love doing outdoorsy type things. I mm-hmm. think he just is naturally pretty good at it just because uh there was a lot of that they had to do in that town like he had to go out and maybe like hunt with a bow every once in a while yeah you had to make fires at the house sometimes blah 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 like maybe the 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 cruddier side of town had to make do as yeah opposed so to... he was kind of good at outdoorsy stuff but he never really necessarily went out there just to practice it to get good at it you know mm-hmm. okay did he have any pets uh i would say no yeah, maybe maybe too much too much maintenance for uh, uh, a more work yeah this town, town. Like, this common folk area I would I would if I had to pick a word to describe it I would say very utilitarian like I said they would work go home go to bed do things necessary but nothing extravagant you know okay um let's see. How does he take his coffee if he does? Um, I would have liked to imagine him like myself, where he doesn't like to co- like he doesn't like coffee. Yeah. Let's see. Would you consider him a uh, more light-hearted person or more of a serious kind of guy? Now you see, that's interesting. I was going to go into that. So. I would say he likes to think of himself as a very, like, solemn, like, I'm doing this 
and I'm mysterious and mm-hmm. you know I'm, I come here to do a job and that's it. But I will say he does have a lightheartedness, but you had to bring it out because I have noticed with some characters that also play with us mm-hmm. when they're together, it really brings out the lightheartedness and messing around in him, you know. Yeah, like uh, as Dungeon Master, I've noticed that as well. Um, it's it's definitely sometimes character interactions, you know, like you plan a character to be like one way, and then as you play them, you realize like, oh, huh, because I have also had experience with like, oh, they're a very serious character, and then I realize that I'm not a very serious person, <laughs> and it's hard to do that sometimes. Well, I like I like to think to explain that that. He likes to put up a, a mask, if you will, that mm-hmm. he is a very solemn like character. Just just because of uh, I don't know. I think he just likes to put up that mask because he kind of had to do that with the academy and everything. Mm-hmm. He had to prove himself as very mature and like you know I'm not like the the other half elves or the other like just people in the town. Blah blah blah. So he's kind of used to doing that. But then mm-hmm. he does let him let itself out every once in a while. Yeah. Let's uh have you this is this one we may have to workshop a little bit, but have you entertained using a character voice? <laughs> no. Or how how do you think he sounds? I don't know. I haven't really thought about his voice much. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thought. It's good it? food for thought, yeah. Yeah. Let's uh He's mute. Wow. That's very. He, he's mute. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, can't believe you asked that, Cole. Didn't you read did, his bio? <laughs> I did not ask that. He got stabbed right in the throat and somehow lived. That's not what. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that was in his backstory. Um, let's see. That's my next character. Oh, your next character. His name How? is. Bolin. No, it's the the Yum, Yowzer. <laughs> no, it's. Because he's mute. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, all right. Um, let's see. How old is he? That's actually something I I thought that myself. How old is How old is Yolan? You know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say late twenties. Because I'm gonna okay. say, you know, it probably took him a little while to convince him to get into the academy, even just as a scribe, and he probably was there mm-hmm. for you know three or four years or something before all this went down. He's probably been wondering a couple of years before this campaign actually starts. So I would say mm-hmm. late 20s. Okay. And as a half-elf, that would be inappropriate. Like, in human years, that would also be late 20s. Um, let's see. Now, you touched on Pendragon earlier. Was that your sole inspiration for this character, or did you have any other influences? I mean, he definitely played a, a pretty big role in the... Uh, influence of not just the character but i guess the bio and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i would say like i don't know generally myself when i make characters i like to think of myself if i were a character i would be like the outdoorsy ranger type mm-hmm. i would i would agree with that like if i like i mean that was kind of part of when i was helping out in the character making process with most of the people of the party that needed the help um i tried to bring things that were either you know interests or characteristics and and i would describe you as an outdoorsy ranger type 
at the very least, both of us, I mean. And we both like, involved guns in our characters. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, both of us like ranged weapons, a la firearms. Um, uh, actually, yeah, that kind of leads us into our next question. How did you choose his name? Uh, I can think of a couple of ones, <laughs> but, like, uh, uh, just in general, like, how'd you go about the naming process? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I, I, it's kind of fun just thinking of, uh, Lord of the Rings esque names. Cause I remember mm. when we played Fable when we were younger, I had two characters. I made a completely evil character named El Gideon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that's a very Lord of the Rings esque sounding name. And then I, I had a completely so. good character named Gelrodian, who was his brother. <laughs> Man, I had completely forgotten about these guys until you said them, but I uh, feel like those names just ring true oh i remember mine i yeah. guess you don't remember yours your characters meant nothing to you hey name one dude <laughs> and you played all three fables i did wow okay fable two you didn't really get a name oh, you got a chicken title. chaser <laughs> no not chicken chaser i think i named one edward that does sound familiar yeah, I think it was Edward. So I enjoy making Lord of the Rings-esque names. Mm-hmm. Yolan sounds your Lord of the Ring-esque, but then also it definitely had a lot of play from an episode of Why Does Kids You Know, <laughs> which is something we really enjoyed watching when we were younger. They were That's, pretty yeah. funny sketches. Which skit? Because I did not know this. Yo, Sean the Elegant. The White Tiger <laughs> King, dumb. <laughs> That's how to. it goes in the in the sketch. Yeah. So it's Yoshan the elegant. Um, so I changed it to Yolan, and uh-huh. then the Boom Mauser actually came from the show that we like to make fun of, where this guy's digging oh and just happens God. to find these super rare antiques just digging three feet in the ground and. And when he finds it, he's like, boom, baby, because yeah. he's like this ex-wrestler dude. So I was like, the boom, <laughs> instead of the elegant. And then uh, I really enjoy guns, and Mauser's a very popular gun, and it sounds kind of uh, Lord of the Rings-esque as well, and it makes a good last name. Oh, I had no idea that was the inspiration for the boom. Oh, that's so good. It, all, it was one of those things where just all these things, just it like just kinda plays these words together. just kind of like they were floating around the brain and they all kind of came together and I said it out loud and I was like, you know what? That's good. Yeah, and they were floating remember, in my brain because of all those reasons. I remember when you gave his name the first time and how it just flowed from your lips. I'm like, this is this guy's name. Like it, it instantly made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. I I actually did not know all this i knew about mauser i actually kind of figured the boom was a joke about the the secret uh gun that you carried uh for a while well, that also does work that was this like one of those things that in hindsight it's like oh that works nicely mm-hmm. and it also describes mauser pretty yeah well so it does in hindsight it even works better <laughs> yeah but i even better i love i love this um i love you a lot i can't kill him off <laughs> Yeah, no. Um that's that's hilarious. Um Do they have a catchphrase? Does Yolan have a catchphrase? I think his catchphrase is to do cheesy catchphrases. 
Oh yeah. So far, like of this history, so far, it I think he's mostly help. done cheesy ones. It does not help that I, as a DM, reward one-liners. If you if you can give me a good one-liner before doing something cool, I might give advantage. I might give inspiration. So I feel like that may actually be a loaded question. Um. Ah, uh, let's see. You could ask me about my favorite experiences. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was about to say, what has been Yolen's favorite memory related to the campaign? What has been Yolen's crowning achievement in your eyes? So, so this far? is Yolen's favorite moments, not necessarily mine. Or your favorite moments playing as Yolen. It could be either one. I think it'd be interesting to answer both. I didn't think about it from Yolen's eyes. I'll think about that. But I'm going to answer my... Two of my favorite scenarios, okay. or three of my favorite scenarios. Yeah, as many as you'd like. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick to three. Okay. So I think I'm going to try and do them in chronological order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first favorite moment was when, this is one of those moments where he's just like, he he's coming out, he's messing around. Mm-hmm. But it's also because I, I missed a session, so some of the stuff was unclear to me. So I was kind of rolling off the top of the tongue with it. (laughs) So we met this guy who apparently they'd already met and they thought that they had fixed, they'd already fixed the issue at hand or whatever. And they're like very suspicious of him. So I was like, oh yeah, if they're suspicious of him, I'm going to be suspicious of him. So I'm like, I'm, I'm basically berating the guy. I'm messing with him. I'm like, yeah, why you, why you look so funny? Where's your shoes at? Oh, you're talking (laughs) about, you're, Okay, so because I can give backstory on this. Yeah, enlighten them on the backstory. They were tasked with saving a certain character that had been captured, um, and this character, um, a a different party member, had um, negotiated a meetup with the person who was holding the character that they were supposed to save hostage. Uh but see, the the party member knew that this host the the um, hostage taker was a doppelganger. The rest of the party did not, though. So when the party met up with them, uh, the <laughs> the doppelganger had taken the form of the hostage. So they were just like, "Hey, what's up?" But then later they started being more suspicious of him, and Yola just started digging into this guy. <laughs> Yeah, so, we were messing around with them, and so you, so you, uh, so Yolan, uh, you really liked bullying this guy, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, it was fun, and then like, we eventually like kind of like. Apparently, he was gonna be a very tough battle to fight, mm-hmm. and we just kind of like subdued him and kept like berating him until he was like, you know what, I, you know what, I'll help you. <laughs> we yeah, ended up y'all... gaining him on our side, and then took him to the his boss. Yeah, y'all, y'all somehow just may I don't know how y'all did this. But y'all are just like determined to not fight this guy. <laughs> y'all, y'all just decided to all collectively wrestle him. Like, <laughs> so yeah. it was it was definitely something that caught me by surprise. Yeah, and then we went to go fight his big bad boss, and the shoes were just uh, it just kept coming. <laughs> like his boss was beating on him. I was like, don't beat on him. He ain't got no shoes. <laughs> Yeah, you were just uh, enamored by the idea that him as a doppelganger just didn't have any shoes, and you just were just so sad about it. I gave him, I gave him shoes at the end. I think you, you did. I, th- I do believe. I felt you like did. I made a life friend, even though it was very clear he didn't like me. 
No, I wouldn't call bullying a guy about not having shoes the way to make a life friend. Uh, I but, gave him shoes, though. Well, it may have so been th- a loaded I think gift. He gave me his bag of holding, which was cool. Did he? He had uh, a bag of holding? A scroll of holding. Ah, uh, like that. that's what it was. It was a scroll of holding. I was about to say, like, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> the DM has learned a new detail. No. Uh, so what was moment number two? So moment number two, I think I'm still going chronologically here, is there was a, another character playing. You know him. You can you can say his character name. Well, I was trying to think of his character name. Is it Pip? It's, yeah, it's Pip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Pip, Pip was is playing. one of the spellcasters of our party. He is a gnome spellcaster. You might hear him in a future episode. Pip and Wisteria were playing with us. Wisteria and is another character who is also a spellcaster. Yeah, yeah. We'll, Cole will fill you in on the need-to-know information as we go, but I'm sure he's going to interview these people later. So, uh, Yeah. So this was one with Pip, especially the Pip part. Like mm-hmm. From the very beginning, we're, we're like messing around, and like we get to this chest, <laughs> and he can make... Uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. Auditory illusions. Yeah, he can make auditory illusions. And when I open the chest, or you didn't even open the chest. I didn't even dog. open the chest. Yeah. We were messing around, and you're like, you know what? I'm not gonna open the chest. I'm Pip is bust a trickster. It open with my with my hand axe, and as soon as I hit it, Pip does this auditory illusion where it blows up, and my character freaks out, so, <laughs> and then hits it again. Yeah, like uh, Pip is able to cast minor illusion at will. So Pip is a trickster and likes to make innocuous things have an explosive sound. Uh, and this usually works out to his disadvantage, considering that, yeah, that y'all had stealth checked most of this dungeon up to this point. And y'all were wary about this treasure chest that, I mean, I guess I just described it as a box because it is just a dingy box. Um, and you had went and you were gingerly going to kick it because you weren't, Yolan wasn't too certain about this. Because Pip was like, "Hey, you should go, kick, you should go uh, check out that box." A uh, very sketchily, I might add. Pip's kind of a sketchy dude, and Yolan went to kick this box, and as soon as his oh, foot, yeah. foot connected with the box, Pip causes this explosive sound effect, which did attract a nearby enemy, which we did wind up fighting. Um, but uh, uh, Yolan did uh, go. You, Yolan still was very. Uh, careful going up to this box and Gears of War 4 I believe what number style just bashed the top of it in because it is just kind of a weak box and just like bashed the lid of it in with his hand axe uh, and opened up the treasure inside but yeah that was also a very funny moment uh, well I was going to say it keeps going when we find the the rat that Oh my god! These other two spellcasters are suspicious of, but I'm just like, you know what? We're we're gonna catch the rat, and we catch I, the rat. <laughs> I forgot about this rat. This rat is a familiar to the boss spellcaster that's in this dungeon. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still not exactly sure what a familiar is. <laughs> Even to this day. Yep. Okay, so a familiar is like a think of like a, a raven or a rat that you see like a witch have. It's like a pet that they like are able to communicate with. You know what I mean? Like, you've seen this before. 
that's just what it's called. Like uh, they usually they are conjured or almost summoned. like the spy. Their spying eye. Yeah, that's their spying eye. They can commune like with Iago it. and the other bird in Mulan for the Hun. Well, for for the Hun, I would actually. <laughs> That would be kind of more like the Beastmaster Ranger class for comparison, in that like it's just a regular dumbass bird. <clears throat> Iago, since he can speak, that's kind of familiar territory. Even though okay. he does kind of get shit on constantly by Jafar, but you know, and well, he trades sides. He does at some point. He definitely well does he in Kingdom Kingdom Hearts. I don't know. And then he turns into Pleakley, right? Is that the same voice actor? No, yeah. it's not. Gilbert Gott. Yeah, Pleakley is the guy from Kids in the Hall. Oh, uh, okay. And also the pastor from that 70s show. Iago is Gilbert Godfrey, just up and down. Um, okay. But anyway. So the rest of this, so we catch the rat, and then we, they somehow know there's a character in this other room, some person in the other room, and I'm like, wait, wait, guys, I got a plan. Now bust up in the room, like, Hey, sir, you know, we're your pest control service, and we found this rat here. Um, <laughs> and this guy's like, yeah, that's okay. I didn't, I didn't hire a rat. Or and I that's my familiar. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help that Wisteria was trying very hard to do to some charisma checks him. on this guy. Yeah, like, this guy is way older than Wisteria. Wisteria is like a 18-year-old tiefling druid, just for reference. And uh, she was trying to flirt hardcore with this guy, and like as a result, was making him more and more skeptical of the situation. Then you bust up with basically a impromptu bag with this familiar, and like, yeah, I, uh, I got the rat that you hired. Definitely hired me to catch. <laughs> Man, oh god, that was so funny, dude. <laughs> I feel like Pip kind of went with the uh, the pest control thing too, and then he ended up just making himself look like that guy who apparently ran the show. And uh, basically, like, went, and he's like, you know, he gave a a bad speech, and he's like, you know what, we're going through tough times, I I know you guys need need a job, blah, 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 (laughs) and laid everyone off. Yeah, he wound up uh, playing into the extermination, exterminator bit, he walked in, Pip has, like, a a robe of many items, and has, like, uh, uh, the, the portable hole and a portable door that he was able to catch him in both and lock this guy in the in his own dungeon and we never resolved that and uh, and yeah he my, he disguised himself as the guy and went and they all held a a, <laughs> a company meeting essentially and for reference guys this is the red brand hideout in the um the starter kit uh, for those who know what that is, so he's. Pre- if you're looking for some advice, how to go through it, this is yeah, definitely he went the way. And laid everybody off, just like this location just isn't as profitable because they had taken out the black spider prior to this, uh, which is the guy that this guy works for, and so or I guess spoiler alert there, huh? But yeah, it just lays everybody off. It was easily it was it was a hilarious bit that I loved that. You kind of started this bit, or Yolan started this bit that the rest of the players wound up going with, which is kind of this party synergy that may not be what one expects from an adventuring party, but it was hilarious and it was very rewarding from a DM standpoint, and it wound up getting y'all through it. Um, yeah, and then at the end, we thought of, we have had serious thought about actually like seeing if we can work a 
pest control business into the into the uh, story somehow. Yeah, I've actually been trying to think of ways to reward y'all's um, fast thinking investments with investments and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because y'all got a lot of gold, and I haven't really given y'all a whole lot of times to go by Kmart. So, uh, yeah, uh, I've 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 been thinking about rewarding you guys in that uh, because that was that was hilarious. It was a lot of fast thinking, and I it's it's nice to think uh, to have your players think of creative solutions. Um, I think we are running a little Third long favorite. here. Third favorite. Oh wow, that was number two. Yeah. Okay. Third favorite. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now this one is a very traditional D and D kind of favorite moment thing. It's mm-hmm. where Yolan was a freaking badass. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I would love if you help me with some of the details. Uh, I'll try and remember it. Which, but we were yeah, fighting the undead. Uh huh. Uh, and we we went in there. We were fighting the undead, and we was like, what, three of them in this room or something? And it was me, Wisteria, and her dog. Oh, was, that's right. This was in the sewers, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then okay. I I don't exactly remember what the first attack was, but I do remember at some point. I feel like I I batted a undead off with a quarter staff. Mm-hmm. And then I think I threw a hand axe at him and sunk it into his head. Yeah. And then he was running at me to uh, attack me again or something. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, sorry. I batted him off with a quarterstaff. Mm-hmm. But he was still right there, and then he bit me on the very next turn. And then because the quarterstaff's not very wieldy when they're right up on you, he dropped it, pulled out his hand axe, knocked him upside the head with the hand axe... And then on the very next turn, because I kind of knocked him back, he was able to throw the hand axe, sink it into his head, and he was still coming. Yeah. So then what he tried to do was he basically just mashed the the hand axe further into his skull, killing it while pulling out his uh, C96's pistol and then taking a shot at like the next one down the line. Yeah, the one that if was that uh, right. fighting with Stereo. Yeah, like so the timeline was going was uh, there was like a handful of uh, zombies or ghouls in this room. I can't really remember exactly what they were, but uh, yeah, Yolan. Uh, the timeline does track y'all, uh, but he smacked one with his quarterstaff, and I think there was something related that either you had rolled very low on something, or that the zombie had forced you to drop your weapon or something, but. Because of the rules that we had pre-established with your like utility belt that you have, pretty much, you're able to draw your quarter—you're uh, not your quarter staff, but your hand axe—and you just like went to town with it. And uh, yeah, by the time you were done, you had mashed like literally palmed the rest of the axe into that guy's head, and with your offhand drew your C96 and took a shot at the one that was attacking Wisteria. And uh, yeah, it was it was very badass. Uh, just a way it played out, like um, when we just imagining com- it go through and everything. That's yeah, a very like I would say epic D and D moment. Yeah, when we, when we do combat, especially because combat is you, traditionally in D and D super long and drawn out, and it's kind of hard to think of sometimes. But I like to, as it's developing describe it to our players like okay well in the first six seconds this is what happened and in this moment you know reestablish and like player had this look on their face or creature had this look on their face you know (laughs) like really paint a picture and just like 
kind of weave this scarf as it's going and then by the time it's done it kind of plays in its full time and, and i think then, the storytelling aspect really helps when you like kind of back them and be like yeah this is what just happened and here's what you just did and blah 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 and this is what you're setting up to happen next yeah uh, and i think if i could animate and if i had time that would be a really cool scene just to animate just the scene yeah, like Yolan has proven to be very capable in combat. That's a uh, part of. Uh, he's the like team. the tank of our group. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's really not much. I would say that he's maybe Xanax. He's well, Xanax is definitely not the tank of the group. Admittedly, like in party composition terms, you would probably be the damage per second or the flex of the group, in that you are able to kind of do a little bit of everything. You're a mostly ranged character, but you are very capable in close quarters if you have to. Xanax is a ranged character who is very squishy, and if he gets hit, he's <laughs> down. And he's a wizard, so that's kind of how that happens. Pip is also a very, um, he's not very squishy, but he's kind of a, he hides a lot, and he, when he comes out, he does a lot of damage, and then he disappears. He's not a rogue. He is a spellcaster. Yeah. Um, and Wisteria, she's a druid. Her combined with her dog does a good bit. Yeah, she is. She was able to get an animal companion pretty early in the campaign, and she we've kind of been facilitating that as we go. So she's kind of taking a very aggressive druid stance, uh, and by that I mean she's wielding a longsword and she's going to town with it. Uh, it's because her her current her old spell knife wasn't doing so hot for her, and uh, she's still kind of coming into her own with her druidic abilities, which kind of explains why she's not really doing a whole lot of spell casting. But her her wolf companion belladonna uh has been doing a lot for the uh, party up to this point but yeah uh this is kind of our this is the party that is participating in our campaign uh since uh cody and i since we kind of commune pretty often i felt like it was kind of natural that he would be one of my first few guests for uh tell me about your elf it's it's kind of uh appropriate since he is part elf that um you know the joke's <laughs> there uh, but yeah, any any parting, um, if you want to plug anything, if you want to, you know, give us one last impression of Yolan or anything like that. Uh, impression doesn't have to be like a literal one, but like uh, sending off with Yolan, you know, anything you're looking forward to or any, you know, what kind of goal you're kind of pushing them towards, you know, any last word, so to speak. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll top off that last thing and I'll say that I would imagine that last scene I described was probably one of Yolan's favorites as well from his perspective. Because mm-hmm. there has been a lot of times where he's a, he's a ranger, but he's like really goofed up a lot. Like when he's been stealth checking, he'll be like, oh, I tripped over every metal pot in this place somehow. You have or like, a lot of ones. Haven't or there's been some times where it's like I can't start a fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think right. I think moments like that really is like, oh, yeah. But like putting your putting your bedroll in a big mud puddle because you didn't look or something like that. Like, yeah, like uh, it was it was one of Yolan's capable. Like I am doing the thing I'm supposed to do. For reference, Yolan is a now level five ranger. We do like we'll have to figure that out later. But I I don't know if I told you yet. But Yolan did level up in the last session. Uh, but yeah, so that's that kind of there you go. And a send-off from Yolan would probably be like, don't wait until it's too late. Go yes. ahead and call your local pest control and check for termites. <laughs> Fandlin pest control. Uh, <laughs> Orkin. Check... Orkin. Oh, Orkin. Huh. 
O R C. I mean, O R K I N is oh, pest control. Oh, Orkin. I there like you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame he's not an orc, but we can play with that. Inter inter cheesy rollout phase here. There or you go. Phrase, not phase. So, uh, if you like what we're doing here, um, you can check us out or check me out. I mean. I say us because uh, Cody and I also have a podcast uh, called Catch Up With Crab Legs. We are on Pinecast. We are on iTunes. We are on Google Play. We are on Spotify. We might be on SoundCloud soon. I just remembered that it was a service. Uh, Ah. But if you Google us, you should be able to find us. We are on at KWCCast on tw- or KWcast on Twitter and you can check us out on Facebook. But if you want to hear more from me, this is my show that I'm kind of pushing off. Uh check us out on Twitter at um T M A Y E cast. That's tell me about your elf cast. Uh I also have a Facebook page. It's also the same title. Um and I don't know when the next episode will be out, but it'll be out soon. Thank you for listening and we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.